dmtwclothing.com. Don't make this weird. Um, whatever it is that you do in life, again, do with your heart, chase your passions, and watch it become reality. That's what we're about. You guys are going to find some cool items, some MMCast items for sale here in the next three weeks. They'll be all launched and uh, next, you know, more conventions, things like that. So, Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Autumn. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to uh, welcome to our normal Tuesday show. I hope you're hearing this on a Tuesday. It may be a Wednesday. Ah, it should be Tuesday. We have a live cast on Thursday. We have a live cast on Thursday! Yeah, so everyone, so you know, and we'll talk about it a little bit more thoroughly multiple times in this episode, because we're so pumped. We got an official spoiler. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it will, we'll be, we're talking about it on Twitch at 9.30 a.m. on Thursday, and then that'll immediately be put onto YouTube on the YouTube channel that we have, which is... Uh, if you look, I think it's youtube.com slash topdeckingtv because um, it's the old Top Decking channel. Um, but go do that. Yeah. Go subscribe on Twitch. It's a different Twitch channel. We changed it. It's now twitch.tv slash the MMCast. Um, yeah, it's no longer Kessler just trying to just pillage our, our yeah, followers. I got, I got like a 50 Twitch followers. <laughs> and no big deal. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, uh, we're actually, so today's episode we have actually Matt Sperling calling in. Um, he had a, a busy schedule, so he's actually going to be here for a 30-minute chunk. Um, so you know, we had a call him in, and then we'll, we'll, we'll follow that up with a little bit more content. Uh, we're going to end it up with a, uh, a non-magic conversation about Game of Thrones. Um, and but entirely, entirely full of spoilers, but with a spoiler alert in case you guys want to jump yep. off. So that's and, just the very end of the show. And we're going to be um, talking about Eldritch Moon. Eldritch. I've been told that I say it wrong as Eldrick. Yeah, it's okay. But Eldritch um, sounds so much better than yeah, if you I, ask me. Eldritch. But it's sweet. There's a bunch of cool mechanics. That's what, yeah. we, ta- that's what we're talking about with Sperling uh, are all of those fun mechanics. So uh, Before we get on there, I want to uh, thank uh, DMTW, the, the clothing guys, they're helping sponsor this. They're helping us come up with a bunch of cool merch. You heard their kind of advert at the very beginning. Uh, check out The Command Zone, our sister podcast. Um, they do awesome commander content. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at, at the command cast. I'm interested to hear Jimmy and Josh's thoughts on the werewolf. We talked a little bit about this episode. I think Josh is pretty disappointed in us on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, let's talk uh, well, Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. At Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kess Wiley. Those are pretty much, you can search all three of those things for Twitter, Instagram, and not Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. But you can find us on Facebook. Make sure to check out Facebook. We're going to be posting stuff, content, a little bit more there. Uh, we have a new intern who will be helping us. Say hi, new intern. Hi. <laughs> Her name is Desiree. She'll be helping. Uh, and then uh, we're also posting on YouTube. So that's something we're going to try doing once a week now, posting the episode and doing more YouTube content. But go to YouTube.com because we're going to be releasing stuff Slash, there. Yeah, Top Deck and TV. It's, uh, it's all there. Like You can find, I think, the last four episodes or three episodes or two episodes yeah. or something. All right. So first we're going to talk about um, each of the new Eldrick Moon or Eldritch. Is it Eldrick or Eldritch? I think it's Eldritch. Moon uh, spoiler cards. Um is there any- what, uh, rule, the new rules. So there's meld, escalate, um, and one other one. I think meld, emerge, and oh, emerge. Uh, He's right. So there's emerge, which is uh, it has like a it's like blue five, and then you can sack a creature, and then it reduces the cost um, equal to that to make it lower. Um. So let me see here. Um, looking up. Looking up, so so let's 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 start with 
Let's start with uh, with with meld with like the the yeah the obvious vol- one. the Voltron weird so, mechanic. So for those who don't know, meld is basically if you have two creatures that have meld and name each other on the cards, they then flip into a double sided flip card that's big and and beefy, and there's only going to be three of them. There's the rat scavenger one, which. Uh, Flips into a skidding hoarder that gives everything plus one oh and menace. Uh, there's a the Bruna Gisela one that becomes Brazilla, which is a big angel Eldrazi. And then yep. there's a um, what's the third one? Oh, the the land and the the garrison, which right is land and the gar- it, it becomes a seven four hasty trample makes three two tokens when it's attacking thing that comes off of a land that gives things haste. Yeah, I, my feeling on these meld cards, so it's confirmed there's only going to be three, that's a thing, yeah, right? That is, those are the three pairs only. My feeling on these is just like, I, it feels clunky to me. I mean, I know in the past, like, we've had the whole, if you control these three names or these two cards, you search your library for this thing. That's kind of a thing Magic's done in the past, but it feels just like, I, I mean, I do like that one brings the other back. I think those are, I think those are cool mechanics, and that's helpful. But even so, I, I just look at it, it makes me just feel kind of like, Ugh, this doesn't look competitive or fun and modern to me. What do you think, Sperling? Yeah, I agree. I think that even they acknowledge by providing such a small dosage, they're acknowledging that this might be fun for some of the some people some of the time, but. The limited print run here is really an indicator, I think, that they even they understand this is not going to be fun for most people most of the time. It is hard to assemble. A lot of players are going to encounter these cards in limited environments where you don't even have the other named card, which always is kind of a feel bad, right? You open up, you open up half of the, you open up kind of a, you know, two wheels on a car, and it doesn't do anything, right? So you can kind of see that you're missing the, the other two wheels. And the other thing is that. In terms of gameplay, I think there, even there there are some feel pads. Oh my, oh my gosh! It finally came together, and then it, it, it can get bounced or removed, and the whole creature's gone. That means that you have got to have a huge payoff because of these natural big drawbacks. Those things, those types of mechanics, tend to not be that fun, at least to me. Where where you have to make the reward so big to overcome inherent flaws that okay, the game ended. I got my combo. One of the players is probably not leaving that game feeling too great. And all the other games that doesn't come together, you've got the player trying to assemble, doesn't feel great. So, you know, it's it's big, it's flashy. It's not like it's, it, I don't think it's a horrible mechanic, but I'm feeling some of the same kind of uh, reluctance that you guys expressed just with the fact that, you know, just the fun, on the fundamental level, the mechanic has some issues. Well, so I, I guess I kind of, I, I'm, I'll be the one that kind of likes the mechanic, but I, I do think one of the issues I have with it is because they kind of were being too tentative with it, because they're only printing three versions of it, it definitely makes it feel a little bit of a letdown because it's like you're doing this big, cool thing that you're going to, it's kind of the face of the set, but then you're not really committing to it enough for me to really enjoy it. I mean, they made one that is meant to kind of be like, this is the one that'll happen in limited. They made one that's pretty much the standard playable one which is the mm-hmm. the land and the and the the hanawar whatever where it's like the land is a pretty big free roll because a land that gives creatures haste that comes to play untapped mm-hmm. is a pretty playable card and then uh a, you know a two three for three that makes tokens every time it attacks and like a mini the what's the white three four that makes tokens the mythic rare white three four From mythic rare and besieged Oh, oh, Hero Bladehold? Well, yeah, like it's like a mini Hero Bladehold. Like these are playable cards that you yeah. maybe consider playing anyways. And like sometimes you'll just randomly get the seven four that makes three twos. That's like really good on um, kind of a little bit more of a free roll. And then the last one's like a commander state, like 
the like Bruna or uh, Gizilla is like definitively standard playable, and then Bruna might see a one of play just to maybe get the combo, but in reality, it's it's like a commander combo that like feels weird because the Bruna's or Gizilla's abilities are like very standard pushed. Yeah, I mean Gisela's like just generally good. It's it is it is funny whenever <laughs> for our purposes in modern the difference between a four three and a three four is so pronounced that like <laughs> just like a yeah. four like a four mana four three that has like a bunch of sweet abilities is like ah it's just kind of lame. And like if it was like a four mana three four with the exact same abilities, we'd be like this card is actually totally sick. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's complete it's dying to lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. If you look at the, at that casting cost with that creature type, legendary angel, you think about Linvala having that's had a major impact in modern over the years. And you're absolutely right. Three four is just it's just a different number than four three in yeah, modern. That is bizarre. That's like so. That's so specific. I wonder if there's any more. I wonder if there's any more like ubiquitous effect. Than the cause of than that than the cause and effect of lightning bolt on the way we the, we assess cards and any other part well, of magic like a, I wonder a three four for four in modern is this weird specific unique thing where the only removal spell really played consistently in the format that can kill it is abrupt uh, is a path to exile because it dodges abrupt decay and lightning bolt right. dodging both of those is such yeah. a big deal that's why like birthing pod was one of, like if birthing pod was a three drop I don't think it would have been nearly as ubiquitous in the format yeah true because. Because it, it was a three drop, it just you know you, it was it dodged abrupt decay, so like there's no way to get rid of it. Um, now you mentioned yeah, I this. Think oh, to, I think to find to find another card that's had an influence like Lightning Bolt had on modern, you probably would want to go to maybe like Wasteland and Legacy, where everyone's mana base has to anticipate and appreciate the impact of Wasteland. And so even when your opponent doesn't show up with Wasteland, just like in modern, even even when they don't show up with Lightning Bolt, you still have your deck has changed in. To already account for the fact that they might have lightning bolt or wasteland. So yeah, those types of cards where it becomes so ubiquitous, format defining, people automatically think about it. And then certain cards that are just you know certain ways of building a mana base or certain creatures with three or less toughness, it, the value definitely changes. Yeah, I would agree with you completely there. I mean, I, I think that is because, and I, I will always say this: like this is this is like we talk about magic as uh, on a competitive level and on a tournament level, and and trying to understand it like at this level where we kind of know the names of cards and we really know the decks pretty well. But you do think about those people that get into a format or they get into the game and it's they're kind of newer to it and they maybe don't understand or realize what we're talking about. That moment of realization when they go to an F and M or they go to a tournament and they play nine rounds and they run up against six decks that are playing Lightning Bolt and they haven't taken this into account, and it, the day just crumbles out from under them. I mean, that's, that's the reason those effects exist, or the, the, that cause and effect exists, is because, like, yeah, you, the odds are you're going to go up against Wasteland and Legacy or Lightning Bolt in Modern constantly. I mean, no matter what the metagame's like, no matter how it changes, that's just always going to be a thing. Yeah, there's actually some, inter there's some interesting resources nowadays online that weren't available when I was learning competitive play, Resources, websites that can that are aggregating results from tournaments, and they're looking at give me a percentage of decks that play this card. Give me a percentage of decks that play that card. And what are the top, what are the top twenty cards played in this format? And if you're just learning a format, finding one of those lists is, can be really helpful, right? Because it's almost like it's almost like where do I start if I just want to learn what's going on? Where do I start? I, right. I can play a couple of matches, but then I get exposed to a couple of decks, one or two. I think looking at that list and seeing, okay, wow, this lightning bolt card is in all these different decks, right? And then wow, this Thawnot Sheer card is is higher than I might expect it. Why is that? And then you start to see some of the linear cards, and you know, I think you can get a pretty actually good 
10,000 foot view of the format while at the same time you're looking at the ubiquitous staple utility cards that are going to need to warp the kind of cards you play, Lightning Bolt, like we mentioned. You know, in a format where you see standard formats where Mana Leak, but this works in standard too, you know, Mana Leak was a really popular card. Yeah. Well, you know, that might, that might change, that might change the way you build your standard deck. So that's kind of an interesting modern, modern in the sense of recent, not the format. It's an interesting entry point that's now available to players given the technology that exists now. Yeah, you also you do sort of wonder what does modern look like in the day they ban lightning bolt. <laughs> I don't think they'll do it, but like I, that would be a huge. That Giant would be like, shift. and it also oh, yeah. like would not be one that would upset that many people probably because you don't lose that much money by like getting lightning bolt banned out of your deck. I mean, you just yeah. don't. No. So and I mean, no, no, I guess. Yeah, it makes burn becomes way better than Jund. It makes burn worse. Like it just. I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's continue talking about some of the other mechanics. So so, uh, so let's so let's let's cover uh, the, the this weird charm mechanic. Um, uh, escalate. Escalate, yeah. So, so it's, it's entwined meets multi-kicker meets commands, basically, all in one yeah. smush package. Yeah, so here's my thing, right? That's right. So basically, uh, the, the, the card, the, the one that illustrates it the best that's been spoiled, I think, is uh, this card, Blessed Alliance. It's an instant for one white, one colorless. Um, escalate, two colorless. And when Escalate says, pay this cost for each mode chosen beyond the first. Choose one or more. Target player gains four life. Untap up to two target creatures, or target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature. So essentially, for two mana, you get one of those abilities. For four, you get two of them. For six, you get all of them. Um, there's also a black common that has two abilities. Well, there'll probably be a chunk of these. We'd, we're still on day two. Um, yeah. Spoilers. So this is more like the idea behind the mechanic. I mean, Entwine was always pretty powerful. Like, there is definitely some very powerful Entwine cards from past histories. Multi-kick, or kicker in general, is one of the most, you know, yep. is a fan yeah, favorite mechanic. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, the Escalate Two, on the one, the black, the black instant that's been spoiled so far, borrowed malevolence. Yep. This card has two modes. I think that's completely the same now as Entwine would have been, right? Like Entwine Two on that card, I think does the same thing. It's a yes. choose one or both. So that's interesting. So you can already kind of see that's, you can see how close all these different ticker variants, like you said. I mean, they're they're just so close. I, I, I like them. I mean, I think pro players tend to like these cards quite a bit. There's just so much optionality built into them, and so you got to know when when to spend it early, when to save it up for late. Um, when you know what I mean? There's always a, there's a floor, there's a minimum value and a maximum value, and you have to decide as a player in the middle of the game, am I going to try to try to get a maximum type of value or a minimum type of value out of this card, and how do I use my mana efficiently? These are the things that good players tend to be good at. Well, I can't wait for a later set when we get the multicolor versions of these that are each of the two color combinations that have the Escalate costs built in. So they're like one part charm, yeah. one part command. Like, <laughs> it's just this, it's like my favorite kinds of cards, legitimately. Like, I just like love cards like this so like much. Options. Yeah, I love like, options. You go in buffets and uh, choosing all the little bit of that lobster, a little it, bit of that steak. If it costs four or less and I get two things out of it and I can play it at instant speed, I'm always happy. <laughs> um so uh, anyway, yeah, I think that's cool. We haven't like seen you know anything any bomby card yet that's been spoiled with that ability, but it seems it seems interesting. I don't yeah, think I don't, there's. And I don't think we'll get a. I mean, maybe they'll print a bomby one, but it won't be a playable one. We'll get a inexpensive, efficient card that does a bunch of little things that all makes it maybe slightly playable. I mean, like I don't think there's ever been a charm cycle or command cycle that's been printed that doesn't see modern play. You're basically you're basically saying that we're going to get the equivalent of warping whale, but like this card. Yeah, like yeah. Even warping whale. So like. <laughs> a, a, in the history of this game, I mean, I, even like some of the like maybe the worst ones were the cons of Tarkir 
uh, command or charms, and even those yeah. who play. Yeah, I mean, it, look, optionality is just like you just said, Matt. I mean, that's 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 what people like, and it's. Uh, uh, Monocolor one drop command or charms even yeah everything piracy charm sweet I like piracy charm I've always been a fan of <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's kind of that what the the next one is the emerge one which is the one we kind of forgot at the very beginning well so this is and this is like interesting so the card wretched griff is the card I'm looking at it's here the only right? one I think printed so f- or spoiled so far at the time of this yeah. Recorded. And so this is interesting, right? Wretched Griff is uh, seven colorless for an Eldrazi Hippogriff, 3-4 flying. When you cast Wretched Griff, draw a card. But the ability Emerge, and this is a little complicated wording on it, Emerge, blue and five. You may cast the spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the Emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. So if I'm reading this correctly, this thing costs seven. If I pay... If I sacrifice a three drop and cast this, I can cast it for three. For that, four. Uh, I think it's six minus the uh, cost oh, of the oh, creature, yeah. Sorry, right? You're correct. Yeah, yeah. It's a merge cost is six. If you sack a three drop, you can now pay it for three. So I yeah. mean, it's fine. It obviously but, brings to I mind mean, three mana for a three four flying that cantrips when it enters the battlefield is kind of a nuts card. <laughs> but you've already invested three, so so obviously, like obviously, you, you know, you're having to play something that you got value out of the first time when you played it. Otherwise, it's, like, not good. The amount of times I've, like, can just have a throwaway creature that gained me value ahead of time Yeah, that is kind of, like, uh, imagine this, and this card maybe not isn't the answer, but anything with Kitchen Finks. Yeah, right. Finks is totally, that's like, totally the, the thing. And, and, like, something to always pay attention and look at in any time you see new cards is, is there a cost reduction mechanic it's probably better than you think it is. Always, yeah. <laughs> always, always. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I would add... I think, you know, I think in limited, the way that you naturally think about the first, you know, where you, okay, what do I have lying around? I'm going to sacrifice it maybe if, if it makes sense. I think that's the kind of, you know, in limited, those steps are going to come up. For constructed, when I see sacrifice a creature, I'm already thinking about what can I pair this with? Can I get value out of that? Sacrificing a creature can, is oftentimes beneficial. There are, tr- there are creatures that trigger when they die. There are other things that say when something dies, such and such happens. There are reasons to want cards in your graveyard. But also, I think with this, I mean, it's a really, it's new, and it's cool, and let's say they put one of these with Flash, right? All of a sudden, in something like in Modern, I could, like, evoke a Shriek Maw. Then with Flash, I could sacrifice that. Now, again, Wretched Grip doesn't work that way because it doesn't have Flash. So you're thinking about, okay, this is kind of a combo-enabling type of mechanic where, you're right, it reduces the cost. It's an alternative cost that way. And there's also some cool sacrifice stuff, and it keys off Converted mana cost of one of permanents in play, something that you typically don't care too much about. So these are all indicators. This is kind of a build-around combo thing, and we we're not going to know what this is capable of until we've seen some of the other cards and what they do and how much they cost. Right, and and there's there's a bunch of different ways to kind of cheat in things that have a high converted mana cost for less expense. Like evoke is an example, but even yep. like a more I mean, no morph cards really see play in modern, but morph is another example where you can get a. Right. High converted mana yeah. cost for cheaper into play. So, like, there's definitely different ways to play around this. It depends on the card printed. If we get a bunch of cards like this, we might not have the correct answer. But, you know, as you said, a flash card with emerge on it, it sounds nothing. Pretty much no matter what it does for, to a certain extent. What about Spire Golem or other affinity cards? Yeah, affinity that, cards sound up see, with this. You just, like, you get them in play on, like, like what's Sp- Spire Golem is affinity for islands and it costs seven, right? It's a 2 2 flyer. Is that what it is? It costs six. Costs six and it's a 2 2 flyer? So you it's can, on six and it has a affinity for islands, the uh, the spire golems. So you can play it for three on turn three. That's the deal. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a two and four for three. It's, yeah, 
and that's kind of that's the way to approach deck building with these and construct it. And limited, of course, you know what, what you have is what you have. And constructed, it's like, okay, what has a really big casting cost? What wants to be sacrificed? You know, sacrificing a spire golem doesn't sound that great unless one of these emerge cards is some monstrous thing. And you know, unless you really want to take six off of it for some reason, you know, it's hard to get value that way. Right. Um, on the other hand, I mean, there's modern and and other older formats. They have so many cards in them that. Don't be surprised when a new mechanic like this comes out. If yeah, there's some morph creature that has a big cast cut that, that no one's thinking. You know, this, this is an opportunity to kind of look back through the binder and see, check out some cards you haven't been thinking about at all. Solemn Simulacrum seems like real fun. <laughs> that seems that seems sweet. There's just so much value. Um, well, I mean, and, and, and even in limited though, like the amount of times you play limited and there's just a board stall, and you're like, well, I have this three drop that was like a two two that is doing nothing now, so I might as well just like. You know, gain some value out of it, and now you have a three-four flyer. Like that's infinitely better than any kind of two-drop. I mean, let's be honest. Just specifically about Wretched Griff, we just talked about the value of a three-four in modern. This is a three-four flyer that draws a card when, it, when you cast it that has a cost-reduce effect in a, in a format that is notorious for breaking cost-reducing effects. Like, I'm not ruling this card out necessarily. I'm not saying that. Oh it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, and and this is more on the brew-heavy existence of the world, but there's definitely decks that like I play around with where it's having just a card that has a high converted mana cost for whatever reason, like a Cascade deck, but that you can play for a lot cheaper. Is There's definitely benefits to that, and there's a lot of cards that you know do damage equal to converted mana cost that like you don't want to play an Emrakul normally because then it's just a, a discarded card out of your hand for all intents and purposes. But right. this, you can cast it and you have a 7-drop. There's a lot of different ways to kind of play with it. So let's uh, let's cover quickly. Just I mean, those those are the mechanics. Uh, let's talk about Emrakul. I mean, that's the thing. That's the that, there's that's the, the the one everyone's talking about. I mean, there's there's spoilers and there's lots of cards to talk about that have been spoiled. But Emrakul is specifically her own thing. Um, that she also she does technically have a new spin on Delirium. She's got Tarmo Delir- uh, Tarmo Affinity is I think what someone called it. Tarmo Affinity. <laughs> she has she has because uh, she has Affinity where she becomes cheaper for how many permanents are in your graveyard. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think we can all agree. Well, I know you think this Kessler because you've been ranting about it. But oh, yeah, I think this is one hundred percent the second best Eldrazi ever printed. Um, what do you think, Sprung? Well, in terms of power level, yeah, it's interesting. I think there are there is a trap to be aware of thinking about how big Tarmogoyf is on average, but Tarmogoyf counts both graveyards, and so I think that shortcut is not going to always serve you well, given that it's only your graveyard. However, you know, it's not hard to get a bunch of types in your graveyard in modern. You can play Thought Scours. You can sacrifice Bobbles. We've seen decks. Sam Black played a deck with a um, with the Delirium, one green. The name is escaping. Traverse the Ul- um, Ulvenwald. Traverse the Ulvenwald. The yeah, Traverse the Ulvenwald. He was using that as kind of part of his mana base, but of course the Chaxian Probe and Bobble, this was Bobble. You can you can put types extremely quickly in modern. Now. Emrakul, it's not, it's not like these decks that are built around zero and one mana cards are going to want to get a top end like this. Even, cause, you know, even, even if you get it down to seven mana, that's still seven mana is not, is not playable in those decks. So how, do you, how are you going to actually use this card? That's, that's going to be the challenge, I think. Well, I think, I think um, the, the, two, the, the two types of decks that I look at for this card are Tron is the obvious one, because I, I think it's not very hard for Tron to get this down to 10 mana, which is now in the realm of stuff that they cast. Um, yeah. And 
in that situation, you know, Modern Nexus did a the, did an article recently on they kind of did they ran this through someone's gauntlet. And I forget who exactly it was, but basically, you know, they were more atten- intentionally pointing at how many permanents and how much card advantage do I get off of casting this versus if I had an Ulamog because Ulamog is a guaranteed two cards versus Emrakul, which you know can be a variable because you can get maybe one card to you know a bunch because of the mind slaver effect. And they found on average she hit around three to five more than one to two. Um, just yeah. from the fact that, and from that perspective, in Tron, that's just worth it. Because, and, and you know, there are some times where they have eviscerate. You know, you're playing against Pod, and they have you can just get out of Viscerous here and completely wipe their board. Um, yeah. Which are the insane plays, or you're playing against anyone that has a life paying uh, activation on one of their cards, and you can just kill them. Um, so that's one of the options. The other one are you know the Grixis um, or Jun decks where. These are decks that, A, you already kind of want to fill your graveyard. Yes, you want to get your opponent's graveyard filled also because of Tarmogoyf. But they can play Thoughtscour. But also, you know, as a one-of, as your endgame, like, this is your kill spell that you're kind of building towards. Um, This does have a lot of versatility in that way. And you can kind of set yourself up to a position that makes it so your opponent isn't going to be able to deal with this. So you swing for 13 trample damage the next turn um, pretty easily. Yeah. yeah, I think okay. what, you, what you said about Tron, the Tron part made a lot more sense to me than I think the John, uh, the Grixis part. I, the Grixis deck, I don't know, I, I could be wrong. I just think that it ends up being still a little bit on the expensive side. I mean, in my in, in a modern control deck, you gotta you expect the game to be over, and of course the game is going to be over a good amount of time, so that's why I'm not. I'm definitely allowing for the possibility that I'm wrong here. But even ending the game, when it starts to cost six, seven, eight mana, there's just a lot of decks that would just rather go another way. You know, Gurmug Angler doesn't have too much trouble finishing the game. Sure. If you, if you have if you have control of the game, you've got a, a healthy graveyard. You know, so the question, you know what I mean? Sometimes in a control deck, there's a danger. You don't want to give yourself too much help finishing the game. Because then you have a card that can only finish the game. And that's what Emrakul really represents, right? Whereas Gurmug Angler is a card that can play defense, Game, you know, when you're having a mid-game slugfest, and uh, I mean, maybe Emrakul wins that game by going over the top two turns later, that's possible. But I'm just more inclined, in general, to use it in, in a Tron deck, like you mentioned. That does that, that sound pretty attractive to me, though. Right, yeah, and 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 I think Tron is the lock. And when you talk about Eldrazi, like saying it's the second best Eldrazi is not exactly like. Tron has played three of them ever. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not a, a hard contest to win necessarily when it comes to Constructed Magic. But I mean, Emrakul 1 is obviously the best. And, and part of that is because by cheating it in a play, you get a lot of advantage, which you don't really get with this Emrakul. But being able to cast this for 10 mana is a completely feasible thing that Tron can do. And it does a lot of stuff that you want to be doing in general once you cast it. Yeah, yeah. And, no question. And, and I mean, let, let's, you know, let's be totally fair as far as you know you were saying Sperling, that something's still costing seven mana or eight mana or six mana uh, for that matter what's the cheapest you can get down is five right that's yes. the, the, uh, possible if you're playing tribal in in modern that you know things that cost six and seven traditionally aren't actually playable or good unless you are dealing with a big mana deck but like that's just historically you're talking about what you're getting for six or seven mana is like an absurd totally ridiculous probably does end the game effect and i know i know you're saying that you if you want to end the game for if you're controlling the board with an angler that's one thing i don't necessarily know you have to be controlling the board to cast this for six and like you essentially know, yeah, win the game it, and part of that is because that's a good that's a good point I, I should i guess we should talk about it also i mean i mentioned sam black's deck 
that had Traverse. I mean, Traverse also had a tutor that could find it, and he did play like a mix of Seal of Fire and Tar Fire to do both enchantment work and tribal work. So it, it's been, that's, that's pretty interesting to me. I think at that point, you're only using one deck slot because you've got these Traverses. All the work you're doing is going towards turning on both Traverse and Emrakul. I mean, maybe there is something there. Right. I mean, and also like, yeah, if you like you like you said with Traverse, I mean, if you're you can you can you can play some like some some number of like one of sort of haymakers that cost between like four and six mana that are going to just completely swing the game. There's enough powerful things you could be casting and searching for with Traverse that only are going to take maybe three or four deck slots yeah. total. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty cool idea. I've seen I've seen Sam build a couple different versions of those of those Delirium decks. Um, there was a tireless a tireless tracker one. I feel like that he built with. Uh, yeah, that that was pretty cool. Um, I've seen him mess around with a bunch of different decks like that, and they all seem they all seem pretty fun, pretty interesting. I mean, I also know on the still on the subject of of like low casting costs and delirium things. There was that really cool deck from a while back, that prowess deck that Shapen built, playing Mishra's Bobbles. Um, that you know you start to kind of get into that same same flavor where you yeah, have a lot of card so types. The, the one other thing I do want to point out is is the reason the five plus kind of ban on cards in Modern exists is yeah. because so many decks, if you tap out for a six drop, will just kill you on the next turn. Yeah. Like Because inf- Infect exists and Burning exists. But the one thing that Emrakul helps protect against that is they don't get to do that on their next turn. Versus yeah. other six drops. Like, uh, you know, against Infect, I cast Emrakul, and then on their turn, I use all of their pump spells on a creature and then just don't swing with it. And now they're, they're you know, they basically discarded their whole hand, and I have a 13-13 staring them in the face. Right. Against um, burn, I can point their burn spells at their own face. Against, you know, these decks that punish you like that. Affinity is one where then you have, you know, you have a Ravager. Just like, oh, I cast Ravager and sack every, my entire board. And yeah, <laughs> and I think that comparing it with, so people got, have been, I've been mind-flavored in modern. This is not a completely new effect. I think that giving them the extra turn is certainly worth it to get the 13-13 flying, trample, protects itself body. I think having having that on the board when they're taking their turns is also really helpful. You can clear out their biggest creature by just forcing it, you know, choosing to attack with it. Blocking. It's not going to save you versus a go-wide strategy or versus, you know, three charm voice, but that's okay. Mind Slaver didn't do that either. And I think that a lot of times, I think I'm excited about that part of it, that I get to use the first turn to just attack their base creature into it. And then they have one turn. They can't use instance. Presumably have cleared out whatever, you know, if they happen to have non-instance stuff. I mean, I suppose if they have something like, something like Supreme Verdict, you know, I may not have got anything to do with it. But it's just interesting to me that that body it provides, it's a different way to play Mind Slaver, and it's going to feel a little bit different. Right, and, and, and you know, the protection from instance for sorceries clause does really almost say protection from instants and sorceries other than top deck sorceries and board wipes <laughs> because everything else it, kind it, of... It's only instants. It just so you know, it's only instants that it has protection from. No, no, no I know. I was making more of a, not a joke, but like inferring that, you know, because you take control of their turn, you get to cast all targeted removal sorcery spells they may have in their yeah. hand. So it's only right, right, top right. decked sorceries or um, board wipes where like you can't cast a board wipe with you know, because then it'll kill your Emrakul. No, that, yeah, that's exactly right. Because the end of their turn, there's, you know, oh, well, what if they just use their removal end of the turn? Well, that's probably why it has protection from instance in particular. Because unless they have something, not many people are going to show up with Stasis Snare in Modern. Of course, <laughs> right. in, standard, in standard, Stasis Snare 
could become more popular in this part because it's popular. There's some stuff to think about. All right, so as we as we mentioned before, uh, you know, Matt Sperling was only here for those 30 minutes, so that was kind of the end of uh, him being on the cast and us talking about the cards that we were going to be going over. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this set's sweet. I, I, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I, It's definitely interesting. There's there's weird swinginess. Like, I, I do think, like, the werewolf being kind of a lame commander card and constructing card, the legendary one, like, they could, like it's obviously for commander. They made this card for commander, but I mean, then they we're made it kind of like... Yeah, as far as specific card evaluations, we will do a spoiler. The full set review episode, so we well, probably... Those are top ten. We're not going to talk about that werewolf. It's not a top ten card in modern. No. And that card And is this is more like a feel for the set walking into it. I am a little disappointed. I do think that, that card that card may be the, the single most disappointing card in the whole set for me. Like rarely do I tweet negatively about any card in my in Magic. Like I'm like I like usually try to like not say anything negative because like we love this game. We support sure. Wizards and we, we overall think they put out a pretty phenomenal product. So like who are we to really like be those people? But I mean this was a, this was a situation where I actually saw this and I was like, Are you this is like everything I didn't want out of this card. This is like and I realize it's a commander staple and that's why it's but missing. It's not the boat a for commander me. staple. That's the, that's that's I guess my problem with it yeah. as a commander player, yeah. among other things, um, is or a person who plays commander on occasion yeah. is as a as a general, this ability isn't that interesting. Well, it, like, okay. it pumps a creature plus four in a format that attacking is a bad idea, and then it flips and fights things. The one cool thing is it does flip into fights, so you can like right if 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 someone doesn't play a spell on their turn, which doesn't happen very often, it can start flipping every other turn. I mean, I, I said I said staple, and obviously that was generous. I, what I really meant was a commander option, which is not a modern option. The thing is this: like, I don't understand. Why we couldn't have just had a super super sweet legendary two drop or even a well, I three? Think, I, think, I mean, this they printed this for commander. That's why I guess my, my point is is like we weren't getting the legendary. Who cares if it's legendary and a werewolf? We're, we're, we might get a cool lord for werewolves in modern. That might still happen, but who cares if it's legendary? The point is is that the legendary rider is so much more important for commander than any other format. Yeah. Period. And not only did they print a, a card that isn't really constructed pushed, like it's not good for. Yeah, for modern, it's not good for standard. Maybe I have theories it might be okay in standard, but that's a different conversation. Right. But this card isn't good in commander. So what? Who is this? F- I mean, this is kind of for for the Timmies. They're just like I like big creatures, I guess. But even then, what's well, this card's weird to me because like okay, Huntmaster of the Fells is pretty bigger. clearly better. Like yeah. <laughs> Huntmaster of the Fells is a four drop. That's just like a pretty clearly better card. And then and also, command- like I would much rather Huntmaster of the Fells be my legendary creature. Yeah. Uh, commander than this. Like and and you're talking about uh, where you where Huntmaster was previously printed and then you printed Arlen Cord also in the previous set which is like again it's not a werewolf or it's a it's a it's a yes. it's a werewolf planeswalker but like it's not a creature Arlen Cord's better like you can't why I don't understand how you which can make sense a le- like planeswalkers should can be really good I, and even in constructed I think a planeswalker is better than a legend but with this card, I just think about it as casting cost you're talking about I'm I'm thinking and maybe maybe my brain is just super myopic in a sense but you really I, wanted that two drop legendary werewolf I mean I, I kind of I called it in the last episode that most likely it's going to be a five drop that's not surprising to me what's surprising to me is who is this for it's not it's not really for its abilities aren't good it's in for the sake of like, I think it's just for the sake of flavor in the set that's what it's yeah. for it's just for the sake of flavor and sometimes look Sometimes that happens. It's the the thing is, it's very very rare. But even if it's plus was double strike, it would make it'd be or if if it's ETB was double strike versus yeah. and then it fought on the other side. That's a more useful. 
okay, they're, they they occasionally they print cards for the purpose of flavor or for the, or for the purpose of story, and like that's why they're printed, and it's clear that's why they're printed. Sometimes they're rares. A lot of the times they're commons. Or, well, you, or, you, or you know that not having a legendary werewolf four commander was the biggest like complaint. negative complaint of Innistrad? original Innistrad block. And so right, so people wanted it. I, I I guess it's just it's just weird that they would choose to make it a, a mythic. Um, but uh, in any case. In any case, that's enough that's from from the werewolf. Um, you know, we talked about Emrakul. We talked about um, all the different mechanics. Yep. I, I'm glad Manus is returning. I'm, I'm excited to see because you know because of the new rotation model, I feel like second sets are where they're going to maybe put more push cards. So I think we will have a likely chance of getting a more pushed version of a Madness blue card because okay. they don't want to put it in the first set because you don't want six months where Jace plus a Madness card are dominating. Yeah, but. Now we only have three months, so maybe we can get a little bit of a Hail Mary, especially because Standard right now is like dominated by green-white decks, apparently. And What's and the sickest Madness counterspell that we could possibly get? Like, What's the most pushed version of a Madness counterspell we could get? Counter-target spell for two mana. Just like Madness cost, and it's like a, a four, four... And it's a four-drop four drop normally counterspell. Would they print that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> With Jace? Just like so not fun I at mean, all. I mean, we might get a... Th- the last counter... I think... Because normally when they do stuff like that, the madness cost goes up. Yeah, I think they would. I think they would print that. I think they would print that because you're talking about okay, best case scenario. I think you we're like more likely get like counter target creature spell or like mana leak madness. Yeah, but like again, like you're talking, you, you still have to have your discard outlet. You still, I mean, I guess, I guess, what's the what's the most just like consistent like sits in play, doesn't have to tap, you know, zombie infestation cards like that, right? You, that's what you're looking for if you have a, a madness card like that. Is something obviously Jace is the best thing. J, you want Jace, or or you want some sort of other looter, or you know some effect where you're discarding a card, uh, maybe a reverse looter. But like those are still creatures; they can still just get bolted. Um, what are the things in modern that allow you to con- th- discard multiple cards with no activation cost that aren't creatures? So zombie infestations one. Uh, the green black lot of troll. Lot of Troll has to be a creature, so that doesn't work. Um, I've actually done this. Wait, I know. All yeah, this. we've because you and I. There's actually not a lot. Yeah, that's what's interesting. Is there's not. It's not like Legacy where you have uh, the one black, or you have the the wolf, the green wolf, or the the putrid imp, or the yeah. white tileless tracker. Uh, all those are cards that can discard for free. Yeah. Um, and they're like all the one drop ones are played in dredge regularly. Yeah. Um, the in in modern you run into a little bit more of a problem where like. They're normally a limited amount, but there's some like like uh, uh, the red one, red faithless looting is yeah. kind of one of the better ones. The sorcery though, sorcery so, yeah, it's the purpose of a madness counterspell. I was just trying to think. The, I think the best one is the vampire. One of the best. Like I was actually testing. Uh, so the, and the new maybe card you can release this. The the oh yeah the I'll one release red. a um the list online at some point. Yeah, but not the one. Well, th- that's the one that's seeing play in, in, in dredge decks right now. The right. the menace one red drop that you can discard a card and sack it and draw a card, uh, but that's only a one drop, one, one card at a time. Uh, I think the it costs one mana, but the make vampire tokens enchantment is being underappreciated. One mana makes vampire tokens enchantment. It's it's, a it's 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 a black and a colorless enchantment for one mana, colorless mana. You can discard a card and it produces a life linking vampire knight. It's like one of the best cards in Shadow over Innistrad Limited. Okay. Um, 
It's really good. <laughs> it's a, and then it's an enchantment, you're saying? It's an enchantment. It okay, makes I'm vampire tokens. I, I'm, I'm using it currently in a Madness Vampire modern deck. I'm literally I've, just having, a, I'm just having a mental together? block. I think I know the card you're talking about. Are you talking about... That I can tweet out or share? You're talking about Call of Bloodline. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The card's amazing. But it costs one mana to do it. Yes, it's not good for this counterspell card. I mean, it would just make it cancel. Yeah. But you get a, but you get a creature out of it. Yeah. Eh, it's not the worst. Castle, yeah. I don't Activate know. this ability only once but each let's, turn. But let's move on from 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 <laughs> from, 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 from this card that doesn't exist. Right, right. right. Um, uh, I I do you know think that this is a set that is going to push a lot of weight. Uh, the mechanics we talked about, all of them are very spiky. Even delirium is a spiky mechanic. Yeah. Like other than merge, it, all of the other ones are spiky. And merge only has three cards that we really have to worry about, or six cards technically. So, like, when it really comes down to it, this is, I think, the... Uh, how, well, how do you feel about all the Eldrazi stuff? I know you don't care about story at all, so I guess that's not really a thing you ca- know anything about. Uh, uh, I mean, I've been watching the uh, Access Magic Jimmy's things, okay. the El- Eldritch Moon things. Well, like, did you kind of pay attention at all to the fact that Emrakul is being hinted at throughout the year? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, how could I have not paid attention to it? My co-host on this podcast <laughs> once a week does nothing but talk about it. Um, no, but no, I mean, it, it was when you started pointing it out, it made sense, the tentacles and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and the most recent episode of Access Magic, they were talking about all the cool, like, the weird, like, alien like you know blooming of people's faces and it's all beautiful but horrible and terrible at the same time i think that's all cool i yeah. mean i think em- emmer cool and i think just like the eldrazi as you're, as you're a movie but what's your view on like the thing the movie uh i've never been like a the thing fan oh really i've okay. seen the thing i just okay. was never like never like was like you know the movie that jumped out at me i like the sort of in uh, the the like war of the world's giant monsters call of cthulhu kind of thing so okay. so eldrazi has always appealed to me eldrazi also holds a special place in my heart just because when i came back to magic i mean it's i say that like i left for a long time but like i took a, probably like a year or two off around like 2000 eight nine right around there and Skipped i have lorwin and shards of alara block no, I, I played lorwin i took alara block off i think is the only okay. thing i missed actually because <laughs> uh, alara was followed by zendikar yeah and i so so basically i came back at rise um because i moved to la that was the deal I moved to la oh, okay. so i met you at a at a rise draft i'm pretty sure that's, um, yeah, that's likely and i remember like be, you know who's like who's like the green uncommon like level up Beastmaster guy beast breaker i have of Balag- no idea what he's called but i know you're beast breaker of Balagad. is that his name um, I, like I drafted like That's a whole. Those are Zendikar sounding names yeah. of stuff. <laughs> I, I like I like drafted a lot of Rise. That was like a sweet draft environment. And like I remember getting Emrakul at the pre-release as the pre-release card. That's so sweet that they gave out a foil Emrakul as the pre-release card. Like in retrospect, <laughs> um, I remember getting that card. And like I just I liked I liked the vibe of it. I thought the vibe was very cool. Um, so it was it's nice to see it, see, see Emrakul and the Eldrazi come back like this. Um, over multiple sets, uh, I'm definitely a fan. I'm definitely a fan, and I'm and I'm learning to appreciate the story, the magic story more. The the more we've talked about it, and like that flavor episode was a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up, though. For, for, the, for the thing, I I, I want to take a. You, this is kind of a little shorter of an episode, and and there's two things. First off, we have a spoiler card on Thursday morning, oh, nine thirty yeah. a.m. We actually so for those who have followed us on Twitch before. Please follow our new Twitch. We are we. I made it. I finally gave in to Ben's. Did you really? Yeah, we have a the MMCast Twitch stream. It's twitch.tv slash the MMCast. Unified front, guys. I'm just pretending. I totally knew that. <laughs> Wait, really? No. <laughs> Wait, did you know or did you not know? I did not know that we made it Twitch. Okay. Yeah. We are a unified front, but I didn't know. <laughs> I did it yesterday. So okay. uh, yeah, you you wouldn't have the 
I didn't tell you about it. That's I did, great. I did share it on that little. There's an advert on Twitter. You can see where you know 9:30 a.m. PCT. It's we're going to do a live cast this week. It'll be a bonus episode. It's clear who the Mark Zuckerberg um, is in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a. We're going to talk about it. We can't tell you anything now. Yeah. I'll tell you this. It's a card. Okay, so... so That is in Eldritch Moon. So, no joke. This is funny. Um, they So, so Wizard sent us the card, and it's awesome. Uh-huh. It's really cool. And I read the email, like, the specific email being like, this is how it works, because it's the congratulations on getting a spoiler card for the first time. You know, we were so happy. And, and basically, it was like, this is what you can tweet. This is what you absolutely can't tweet. And I, like, I, like, misread it the first time. And the thing that it told us that we could not tweet... I was like, I should tweet something like that. So I like, started writing the tweet, and then I was like, this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Why would I be able to tweet this? I like went and reread the email. It was like, you absolutely cannot tweet this. So I was like, ah, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> that could have been so bad. Yeah, no, I'm glad you didn't do that. <laughs> you would have looked, you'd be like, what? <laughs> there, are, there are Hasbro lawyer ninjas that will attack us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this Thursday morning, 9.30 Pacific Coast time, that's 12.30 for all you East Coasters. So we're trying to hit like your lunch, yeah, and then for all those people that are on the West Coast, your like coffee work break. <laughs> is yeah, when we're gonna be doing it. Uh, we'll probably do some brews with the card. You know, talk about what decks that are already in the format that the card would be good in. Um, yeah, that's, that's all you're gonna get from us now. Make sure to tune in. Um, is there s- is there just on the subject of like just talking brews? Like I know. Uh, I've been thinking a lot more about brews. I have like this this weird, crazy brew on my phone right now that I can't wait to talk to you about. That I'm I'll talk to you about after the cast. Maybe we'll talk about it on Thursday. Okay. It's really bizarre and weird. Um, we should, I mean, we should, unless it's awful. Does it play the the brainstorm three drop with buyback? Brainstorm three back. Oh, not with buyback. With uh, it's like a creature from Ice Age or Ice. Oh, Sage S- Sage of Epitier? Yeah. Uh, it's actually from Time Spiral. No, 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 that's that's one blue mana. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 Survivor of the Unseen. Yes. No, it doesn't. Okay, good. No, we no, can no, talk no. about it. Then. <laughs> no, no, no. Survivor <laughs> of the Unseen. <laughs> uh, Learned my lesson. It does. Uh, there's a version that plays Sage of Apatir. There is a version of it. Okay. There's also a version that doesn't. It's 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 that whole like counterbalance, um, ether vial thing that I was talking about at one point. Well, but we can't it, talk about it anymore because we'll too much Thursday. information might be giving away what this card does. Yeah, it so has nothing to do with. Counterbalance and, and no, no, it's totally different. I'm just, or I mean, maybe it does. Well, we don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's move on because we're gonna mess up. All right, on to I do want to talk about. I, I want to maybe you say no and then we'll not do this. But uh, a couple of months ago, we started doing once in a while. We'll talk about non-magic stuff and this Game is, of Thrones this, ended this week. This is where Alex gets to share his I know everything about Game of Thrones. Well, I don't world. anymore. <laughs> I don't anymore. The only thing that I guess like Sam has like one more chapter left that he hasn't gone to. Okay, sure. So, so first off, spoilers for Game of Thrones. If you haven't watched it or you don't watch it, if you don't watch it, this won't be that interesting, but you should stick around because you should watch it. If you haven't watched yet, we will be spoiling the finale for this last season. So we're gonna do our, we're gonna, what we're going to do right now is we're going to do our official sign-offs and our plugs, and then we're going to end the cast with just talking about Game of Thrones. So yeah. that way, if you do want to get out of here, so you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. On Twitter and everything. And Instagram. I'm yep. at Kess Wiley on pretty much everything. And the MM cast at the MM cast is on Twitter and Instagram. And Instagram. Um, and Twitch and Facebook and YouTube. And we have a sister podcast, The Command Zone. Yep. Jimmy and Josh, they do awesome commander content. Yep. Make sure um, to check out our Patreon. That's how stuff like this, you know, this, you know, we were able to do some cool things. And that maybe is why we were able to earn getting a spoiler this week. So, and all the Twitch streaming that we're going to try doing. And we're, yeah. we're doing YouTube videos now. All of this is possible because of the, um, 
the Patreon. And yeah, the intro to this episode that we'll be recording in just a second that retroactively is going to make it sound like we're introducing things for the first time that we're also talking about now for the second time, even though we haven't said it yet. Uh, we work I'm with these guys from DMTW Clothing. Uh, it's a lifestyle brand. They help us do a bunch of cool stuff. They're provi- they're they're producing a merch store for us currently. The card, the, the, not the card, the uh, the merch designs we're getting look awesome. They're really cool. Yep. I'm, I'm very excited about them. Um, they stay, stay tuned to our Instagram because that's where we start. Yeah, that's like, where we'll release pictures. Of it. Like we've been talking about it, but like big news coming up, like a bunch of expansion stuff. Um, these guys have been amazingly helpful, so I, I can't wait to show you what we're coming up with together. Um, and yeah, the Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash the MMcast. There's a bunch of different levels of contribution that can help us continue to do the yep. show. And uh, that's that. So Game without further ado, Game, Game of Thrones. So true story. If you've watched Game of Thrones uh, and the and the finale and the ninth episode, you know like how sick of two episodes those were. So here, I told this story to Alex already, um, but basically, I was like four or five episodes behind. Um, I just had gotten behind for whatever reason. I think I have HBO now. I watch it on my computer. My computer's in the shop around like the fourth or fifth episode, so I missed two because I couldn't watch it, and then like it was hard to catch up. So the other night, I go turn on. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch 7, 8, 9, and 10 because they're amazing. So I fall asleep watching, like, I watch all of 7, I watch a little bit of 8, and I fall asleep, like, five, six minutes into it, right after the credits. Next morning, I turn it back on. I'm like, all right, this is great. I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch the 8th episode, and then later I'll watch 9 and 10. I realize at a certain point that I'm 30 minutes into the freaking finale of the whole show of the 6th season, and I didn't even watch 8 or 9, and uh, I see all this crazy dramatic stuff. We can talk about what we saw, right, because we're in spoiler mode? Kessler? Yeah. So I see we Cersei are, yeah, kill everyone, yeah. and I see Tommen jump out of a building, and then Jamie's like, the blackfish cut down by foot soldiers. I was like, I didn't see that. Oh, come on! And then I realized I was in the finale, so I, mean, I luckily, watched l- it. I mean, we talked about this, but luckily, like, other than that first that first 25 minutes, nothing in the ninth and eighth episode would really get ruined by that. Right. Maybe something in the eighth episode, maybe, th- but, like, nothing big. It wasn't so bad. It wasn't, like, one of those situations where somebody ruins the show for me. It was one of those situations where I was like, all right, so, like, I missed something here, but it's not, like, it's not, like, the worst thing. Right. Like, could be a lot worse. You know, it's, it yeah. wasn't like I saw this on Facebook and now I know Tom and dies or something. We also got L plus R equals J confirmed. L plus R equals J. Oh, is I that think I explained this on the podcast yes, already. Yes, you did. That, that Jon Snow is a secret Targaryen. Yep. <laughs> so Jon Snow, we found out whose mom was. It's it's not Ned Stark. Is not his dad. It's his sister. Lyanna Stark is Jon Snow's mom, which means that Jon Snow is the son of Lyanna Stark and most likely Rhaegar Targaryen, who is... Daenerys' older brother. He's a Targaryen. So <laughs> this is what I think is going to happen. All you right. want me to know my whole show, my, my theory? I think next season is going to be all about Daenerys taking over Westeros. Okay. And her and Cersei dealing with each other. Yep. It's going to be about, and then the last season is going to be about the White Walkers attacking. And like the last episode of, one of the last episodes of next season will have the wall getting destroyed. And then we'll move on. To dragons versus white walkers because it's confirmed there's basically 13 more episodes right there's uh there's 13 to 15 13 to 15 it's gonna be like seven episodes next season for sure for sure seven okay so season seven is seven episodes yeah and then there'll be some number season eight will be somewhere between six and eight episodes right so my guess is eight yep but likely seven yeah i mean it's it's really interesting like at this point in the show you know it's one of those things where I remember when they before this season when they announced that there was only going to be possibly like two more seasons. Um, I think there was a ge- a general consensus kind of like, oh man, because everybody loves the show, right? Thing is, yep. when you really think about it at this point in the story, it's hard to imagine going much longer than two more 
like two more uh, seasons. Yeah, because kind of just outline. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like at this point, it's like basically like Jon Snow, and you know they're they're at Winterfell, and like that's happened, and then you know Daenerys has basically everyone on her side. And then Cersei's at King's Landing, and that's pretty much it. It's like those are like the three places that like still exist. Everyone else is kind of just dead yeah. for the most part. So I don't see. I don't think John wants to like sit on the Iron Throne. So I think he's gonna. Well, I think I don't think John ever wants to do anything. I think that so like people have been hating on him, and and in right because he in the the second to last episode, the ninth episode, he charges in the battle like an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Leroy Jenkins Jenkins memes are everywhere on the internet. He but got, yeah, he got totally he got totally like, baited. Oh, yeah, completely baited. But I don't think John is a good commander. I don't think he's a good military commander. I don't think he has any experience doing that. I no. think he's a pretty decent leader that may be a little too Ned Stark-ish, but I think he's a pretty decent leader. He's handsome and what a good you, swordsman. But you kind of see with him and uh, the Red Woman, and like he's not going to kill her, but you're exiled. Like He's good at that kind of stuff. Because yeah. I think he's a person who doesn't want to be a leader, but just Don't the world thrust upon leadership onto him. I felt like him exiling the Red Woman was like, why did you just kill her, man? Like She's so... She she's so the life. But she's so powerful, yeah, and she like... like She's, she doesn't resent Jon Snow. I wouldn't put her out in the world, man. She could, could come back to bite you. That's all I'm saying. She's, it's not like Littlefinger. Littlefinger is someone who would like stab you in the back. This girl honestly believes that Jon Snow is her Jesus. Yeah, and she's believed. She's, she's and she brought him back to life to accomplish that goal. So there's also like literal metaphors <laughs> to Jesus in this situation. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I mean I think Daenerys and Jon Snow hitch get hitched. Really? Yeah. They're related. Targaryens are like known for like merit. That's why they're some of them are crazies because the the incest thing. You think that like legitimately that's a real prediction? Yeah, I think Jon Snow and Daenerys will be it, unless one of them ends up being a bad guy or one of them ends up dying. I think and they being and they, and they the rule. The well, because Jon Snow is technically the the heir to the throne, right? Because his dad was the heir, was in like Daenerys' older brother is his dad, so well, he's the eldest son of the eldest son of the Mad King. Making him the actual inheritor the, of the throne. So the heir, in one sense, the heir, if the Targaryens just forever will rule, like. Well, but Dene I mean, yeah, yeah, like right, right, he has a better claim than Cersei Lannister does. Definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, though she, like, this is something also. I mean, we're we're running a little late on this, but she technically does have a right to the throne. Other than the whole like she's a woman, and that might be something that is frowned upon. Though uh, this show is pretty good at not caring about that, even which is correct. Well, um, and also, like, has been doing this incredible job of, like, it's all women. Yeah. All, it's all the women, women. are badasses. And, and there's, from, from uh, <laughs> Le what's her face, Mormont, the little girl, yeah. up to Cersei Lannister, up to Daenerys, up to Brienne. Yeah, they're kicking ass. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, Lady Mormont's awesome. I mean, Sansa's great. Well, yeah. Sansa's only had one really good season. Otherwise, she was kind of just a victim forever. But she's good now. She had, she had two good, like. Yeah. Arya's real yeah, sweet. Arya's awesome. Oh, Who, yeah. So here's the real question, right? So so this will be the, this will be the final question because this is like where okay. this is where we stand right now. Who is the best character in Game of Thrones to this point? I think the obvious answer Tyrion. is Tyrion. Tyrion is like he's they, the, he's they the, actually they did a they took the Google search engine yeah uh, and like the the algorithm it uses to like figure out how to recommend which sites to a person. Uh, and applied it to characters in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And so what it does is basically it takes 
which character interacts with the most characters, how often they interact with the most characters, and then it's weighted also by how important the characters that they interact with are. Right. And so it kind of is a scientific way to see who a main character of a story is. Right. And Tyrion is by, like, a wide margin. Well, there's no question Tyrion's the fan favorite. Like, it, it, hands down. Not even close. Like, I mean, even even people that love Jon Snow and love Arya, like, like it's Tyrion. It is Tyrion is the most – he is the most entertaining because he's so unique. Because he's become – basically the fan favorite character on TV's biggest show. And he's a dwarf. That's right. like, when has that ever happened in the history of the world? Like he's like as famous. He, he is as famous due to game of Thrones as like almost anybody that's ever been on television at this point. Yeah. Crazy. I'll give you that. Crazy, crazy. So I'm just trying to think who even really compares. Kevin in terms Spacey of, may be more famous. Yeah, but yeah, it's true. They were both movie actors. I mean, Kevin Spacey is super famous. I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking, Tyrion might be the most famous person who's gained fame from purely television. from tel- yeah, television. Yeah, that's fair. Because like, like George Clooney is probably more famous than because like there's a bunch of people that don't watch Game of Thrones that know who George Clooney is. Yeah, and all people right. that watch Game of Thrones know who George Clooney is. So so. That's, a, that's a strong addendum. But so I, I think that that's really interesting. Like in my in my opinion, the only characters that you could really put on his level, like that you, you're going to compare and really be like, they are this complex. Their journey's been this long. Would be like Arya's had a great journey. She's had a really yep. good she had story. A weak season, I would say, other than that last moment. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like a, so. Classically, and this is actually one of the complaints of the fourth book. Yeah. Is Jon Snow, Daenerys, Arya, and Tyrion. Tyrion are the four best characters of the story. And when the fourth book came out, none of them were in that book. So here's the issue. Um, my argument against the characters would be this. Um, I think that though Daenerys is a really good character, Daenerys is very one note. She she has she has she's gone way better. But yeah, I agree. Daenerys's storyline was I hate Slavers Day. She's just I'm yeah. So glad she's leaving there. Yeah, like Daenerys is just like she's she's great, and it's like in, in some ways it's her story. But she's like she is she is the equivalent of like a very dominant male character in a TV show that just gets to be that sort of like I'm constant and consistent this whole time. She never really questions herself. She like. I mean, you can see the transition from the beginning when she is kind of a victim to now, but like that's basically her journey. If you if you say the same thing about Jon Snow, Jon Snow's journey has been good, but again, he's, he's a great character. He went from like spoil like down on himself, but like also spoiled at the same time, bastard to like leader of the Night's Watch to now king of the North. Jon Snow's a really good <laughs> character. Like I'm just saying, for for I mean, me, the story's about. So the book is called A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Like that's what the book series is called. Game yeah. of Thrones is named after the first book, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but John is de- 